This morning I'd like you to turn in your New Testaments, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And just keep your Bibles open. We're going to take a look at a couple of uh, verses out of this passage and then many others as well. But uh, how many of you have ever heard of a guy by the name of Bill Bright? Any of you ever hear of Bill Bright? He was the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ. Did a, had a, an amazing ministry, not from our theological perspective at all, but listen to his words. If there were only one truth I could share with the Christian world, it would be how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. For there is no single truth that is more important to the believer. Whoa. That's a powerful statement for anyone to make. Not a Nazarene, but someone from outside our circle. Let me add to that. I really believe it's impossible for any of us to reach our potential as a believer in Jesus Christ without experiencing the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So this morning, we're going to take a look at what Paul has to say about this, and we find it here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And so I want you to jump in. There are basically three things that I want you to see and just draw from this passage. First of all, he tells us, learn more about the Holy Spirit. He says, that's where I want you to start. I want you to learn more about the Holy Spirit. Listen to what he says in verse 1. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. And I want you to underline that word spiritual gifts there because it can be translated things of a spiritual nature. Things of a spiritual nature or things belonging to the spirit. Paul is saying don't overlook the spiritual side of life. Don't be ignorant of the role that the Holy Spirit plays in your life. There are two mistakes that we make when it comes to spiritual things. First of all, sometimes we disregard spiritual things altogether with kind of the attitude, if I can't see it, I don't believe it. This person is focused on the material world and rejects or is at least uncomfortable about talking about spiritual things. This person is likely to say, why pray to God? I can just roll up my sleeves and I can get it done. I don't need anyone's help, let alone God. This type of person is what you might call a practical atheist. He or she may claim to believe in God, but there's nothing in this person's personal life that gives any sign of a spiritual pulse. Now, on the other side of the coin, the mistake is to embrace everything related to spirituality without any sense of discernment or spiritual perception. There are countless, and if you watch television, if you've read some of the magazines and so forth, there are countless pseudo-spiritual speakers out there who talk about God, who even use Scripture in the context of kind of a success message, and yet there's no real biblical substance to what they're teaching. Those who gulp down this kind of ankle-deep theology often wonder why their spiritual lives are so shallow and so empty. When it comes to living the spirit-filled life, there are a variety of opinions out there. And you can find teachers and people who teach on every end of the spectrum. You need to reach an informed level of balance in your spiritual life so that you aren't tossed around by everyone's opinion. And this is why Paul says in verse 1, don't be ignorant about spiritual things. Learn more about spiritual things. By the way, how is this balance achieved? 
I'll tell you how. With this book right here. How many of you brought your sword with you today? If you did, raise it right now. Just hold your sword up. I want to encourage you, every time you come to church, bring the Bible. Amen? How many of you know the Bible's a good thing to bring to church? Amen. And this is where you find, the Bible tells us everything that we need to know about the nature and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Through the Bible, we learn that the Holy Spirit is not just some uh, Star Wars type of uh, force out there in the universe, but the Holy Spirit is personal and should be referred to as He, not It. And through the Bible, we learn how the Holy Spirit speaks to us and gives us direction day by day. Through the Bible, we learn how not to grieve the Holy Spirit and how to pray through the Holy Spirit. Through the Bible, we learn how to experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So let's take Paul's advice right here at the beginning in verse 1. Do not be ignorant about spiritual things. So if you want to become all that you can be in your spiritual life, then and you want to live in the fullness of the Spirit, then start right there with a commitment to learn more about the Holy Spirit's ministry. The second thing is be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's that simple. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jump down to verse 13. And Paul says, For we were all. Everyone say all. Let's try that again. Everyone say all. All. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. And we were all given one spirit to drink. What does the word all mean? All. It means everyone. Every believer. Not just some believer. Not the super saint. It's every believer. We were all baptized into the one spirit. Even though we're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross bought our salvation, the Holy Spirit is involved in every aspect of conversion. Scripture tells us that he convicts us of our sin. He convicts us of our sin. By the way, there's a difference between convicting and condemning. The Holy Spirit convicts us. In other words, he tells us when we've done something wrong and says, I want to help you do it right. The enemy comes along and he condemns us. He says, there's no hope. You did it wrong and there's no hope. You're a done deal. God never condemns us. He just convicts us. Our Lord loves us. He wants to help us. So if you're feeling as a believer that you've messed up and you don't have a a hope, that is not the Holy Spirit. That's the unholy spirit that's speaking. Secondly, he calls us to repentance. He leads us to Christ. He regenerates us. He gives us the assurance of salvation. But now I want to just split a theological hair here. When you are saved, you receive all of the Holy Spirit. Not just a part. You don't get born again and you receive a leg. And then a little later as you grow closer to God, you receive an arm and then a hand until you ultimately get all the Holy Spirit. No, when you are born, you receive all of the Holy Spirit. When you are filled with the Spirit... That doesn't mean that you get more of the Spirit. It simply means that the Spirit gets more of you. Being filled with the Holy Spirit simply means this. Being led by the Spirit. Being controlled by the Spirit. Being directed by the Spirit. Being empowered 
by the Holy Spirit. For example, when you say that a person is filled with fear, think about what you mean there. You, you don't mean that fear literally fills every pore in that person's body. No, you mean that fear controls, directs, and empowers their actions. When you say a person is filled with love, you don't mean that love is literally poured into their bloodstream. You mean that love empowers them, love directs them, love empowers them and controls their actions. And that's what Paul means when he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit in Ephesians 5.18. He's saying, be controlled. He's saying the Holy Spirit needs to control you. He needs to empower you. He needs to direct your life. We also need to understand that this is a command. It's not an option. Being filled with the Holy Spirit from a scriptural perspective is a command. It's not an option. It's a command for every believer. Listen to what Paul says once again in Ephesians 5, 8, 18. Do not be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. That is God's command to each and every Christian. And the result of being filled with the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit will control you, empower, and direct you. Now, here's the really cool thing about this. When you are controlled, directed, and empowered by the Holy Spirit, He will give you the power. He will give you the ability. He will give you the gift or the gifts that you need to do what He's called you to do. In other words, where God guides, He provides. If God calls you to do something, He will give you the power to do it. This is the key to living a victorious Christian life. Paul said in Galatians 5.16, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desire of the sinful nature. And the obvious question is, well, then, Larry, how can I be filled with the Holy Spirit? Now, think about this. If God calls us and says this is a command for every believer, not just some believers, but if God says this is a command for every believer, do you think he would make it that hard to take place in your life? No, God doesn't do that. If he calls you to do something, he'll make it very clear on how to do it. So let me state this process just as clearly as I possibly can. Step number one is ask for it. Ask to be filled. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, then you must ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. That's what it takes. You receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit in the same way that you receive salvation. How many of you can think back to a time in your life when you said, Lord, I am sorry for the mess I've made in my life. I've, I've sinned. And I want to ask you to forgive me and to come into my life. I want you to save me. Have any of you ever done that? Well, just as you did that, you asked the Holy Spirit, I need your power. I need your control. I need your strength. Will you fill me with your presence right now? And Paul says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 2, did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? And I want you to remember that little word, believe. And then in the book of Ephesians, Paul gives us that command, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the fact that he expresses this as a command in the imperative mode tells us that being filled with the Holy Spirit is an act of obedience on our part. There's a step that we must take. 
It's something that we initiate simply by asking, by claiming God's promise. So if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, first of all, ask. Let me ask you something. How many of you have ever asked anyone for anything? Anyone here? Okay, you all know how to ask, so we're, we're good. Step number two, accept it. Accept it. Another way to say that is receive it. That's what Jesus said to his disciples in the upper room in John chapter 20, verse 22. He said, and with that he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, even though we initiate the work of the Spirit in our lives by asking to be filled, being filled with the Spirit is not something that you can do for yourself. It's something that God must do for you. It's something that you must receive. And let me clarify something here. There, when we use the word believe, biblically, it always includes receiving. You can't believe something without receiving it according to Scripture. Now, I need a, I need a volunteer. And I would like one of the teens to volunteer. Give this... Give this. Give me five. Okay. Now, here's the deal. You have no idea what's going to happen to you. Nope. No, okay. Good. You're a man of faith. Okay. I'm going to ask you. What is that? A $10 bill. You all see that? It's a $10 bill. Step into the middle. They're missing it over here. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. No, you can come back. That's good. Right there. Do you believe that that's a $10 bill? Yes. You do. You really, in your head, you believe it. Indeed. But can you do anything with that $10 bill? You can spend it. You can. I have it. Uh-uh. No, I so can't do anything with it. No, you can't. But how could you do something with it? Oh, no. Think, think this one through. Come on, you're going good. What, what would you have to do to spend this $10? Ask for it. Oh, good. Ask for it? And then you would have to receive it, right? Mm -hmm. So, say, Pastor Larry, I would like that $10 bill. Pastor Larry, I would like that $10 bill. You meant that, didn't you? Indeed. Here you go. Good Thank man. You. There you go. Now, now, next time I ask for a volunteer, boy, they're going to be flooding up here. I can't afford that anymore. No. But you see, believing involves receiving. And we receive the Holy Spirit by yielding to Him. By allowing Him to have His way in our lives. So being filled with the Holy Spirit is that simple. You simply ask to be filled. And then you accept and receive His filling in your life. Step number three. And this is no more difficult. You act on it. You simply act on it. Imagine if your banker called you and said, Hey, someone just deposited $1 million in your bank account. It's there. It's all yours. What would you do? Some of you would be out of here just like that. I could tell. No, you could do one of two things. You could say, But I don't feel like a millionaire. I don't look like a millionaire. I I don't deserve to be a millionaire, and I, I don't even see any money right now. Or you could start writing checks, paying bills, making investments, giving gifts, and on and on. 
even though you haven't actually seen that stack of money, based upon your faith in what your banker said, you could start to live like a millionaire just then. And likewise, God has deposited into your spiritual bank account the Holy Spirit. If you're a believer, he's given you the Holy Spirit. In your spiritual bank account, there is peace, joy, love, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, faithfulness, and gentleness. They're yours. But to receive and experience the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, you're going to have to act on it. You're going to have to start writing checks, so to speak. Don't wait until you feel it. Just do it. You know, I prayed a simple prayer like this at times. Lord, I need strength, but I don't have any strength right now. Can I withdraw some strength from your bank account? Lord, I, I need to love this person today, but Lord, I, I don't feel any love toward this person right now. Could I withdraw some love from your bank account? Lord, I, I need power over temptation. And I just don't feel any strength over temptation. Can I withdraw some power over temptation? Now, this may sound silly, but it reminds me that I live according to God's resources, not my own. And everything I need in order to do what God has called me to do and be all that he has called me to be as a believer is available the moment I need it. In fact... In this passage, Paul talks a little bit about spiritual gifts. And uh, we can get carried away on teaching on the spiritual gifts. But let me give you a simple way as to how the spiritual gifts operate in our lives. Every one of us has a, a spiritual toolbox. And in that spiritual toolbox are all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, for example, have you ever been in a situation where... You had to teach a class and you were totally unprepared. And you didn't feel like you could do it. And you didn't feel like you had the gift of teaching. But you were called to do it. Well, you know what? All you have to do as a believer is say, Lord, I I need your help. I need the spiritual gift of teaching to go teach this class. And just pray and ask him to do it. He just may give you that gift right there. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you prayed for someone for healing? Anyone there? Maybe you've been in a situation where you were afraid to because you didn't feel like you had that gift. But you know, as a believer, you have the right to say, God has called me to pray for this person. And, and so I just ask the Holy Spirit to release the gift of healing in that situation. And God will release the gifts He wants to have you. The Holy Spirit gives the gifts as He so desires. It's not up to us. Our job is just to open the toolbox. And say, Lord, which gift do you want to give? And it solves a lot of problems. There are no higher gifts, no lower gifts. All the gifts are the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be used to build up the body of Christ, to minister to one another. And I could go on and on, but I'll just leave that right there. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not an exclusive or an elusive experience. It's for every Christian, every believer. If your heart is right with God, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And amazingly, friends... Cannons don't have to go off. Certain gifts don't have to be given. You don't need to see stars. It can happen while you're sitting right there. Because here is all you have to do. 
ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Accept the Spirit's filling in your life because God said, when you ask, I will do it. And then step out and act on it. In fact, there's a prayer that we're going to put up right here. And it goes just like this. Lord, I'm empty. And I need to be filled with your Spirit. Lord, I am totally open to you. Let your Spirit fill me now. And if you pray that prayer or anything similar to that with an open heart, a surrendered heart, the Lord will fill you. He will empower you. He will direct you. And he will use you in an amazing way. So I want you to just pray your head. Bow your heads right now. Right in the middle of this message. Just bow your heads right there. Where you are. Holy Spirit, just come. Fill this place with your presence. I pray that you would just turn this whole sanctuary into an altar before you. And we are laying our lives before you. And we would pray right now. Even if we've been a Christian a long time. And even if we've done some amazing things. Lord, right now. We may just be a little empty. And so we ask that you would come and fill us today, right now. We need to be filled and controlled and empowered by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I want you to know that I am totally open to you and whatever you want to do in and through me. And so I pray, let your Spirit fill me now. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray it, believing it, and accepting the truth of it in your name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. One last thing that we need to understand. Okay, I prayed. I've asked the Holy Spirit to come into my life. And and He's already there. But I've asked Him to control my life, to direct my life, to empower my life. But now, how do I live in His presence, in His power, 24-7? How do I live in the power of the Spirit every day of my life? Well, Bill Bright, whom I mentioned a little earlier, taught a principle called spiritual breathing. And it works very similar to physical breathing. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have been sitting there this morning thinking, I am breathing, I am breathing, I am... Have any of you given a thought? Why? Because it's a natural thing to do. You breathe in the good air, you exhale the bad air. And just like that, spiritual breathing works like this. You exhale the bad stuff by simply confessing whatever it may be to God. And then you inhale His presence and His power by surrendering to His control. Let me show you how this works. For example, when you realize that you've just had an impure thought, don't wait until later to repent. Don't wait until later to ask for forgiveness and confess it. Take care of it right there on the spot. Ask God to forgive you. And that's exhaling. And then surrender to his control right then and there. That's inhaling his presence. Now you do this all day, every day. Whenever you think something or say something or do something that stops the flow of the Spirit in your life, then you simply confess it immediately. You, you just breathe out, and you surrender control to Him. You inhale. You exhale what is impure, and you inhale His presence. And with His presence comes His power. And the idea is that you recognize and acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life all day long. You walk with Him all day. 
This is how Paul said it in Galatians 5.25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I like that phrase, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Listen to how that's translated in uh, the New Living Translation. If we are living now by the Holy Spirit, let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Walking in the Spirit is an all-day, everyday experience. It's the key to a dynamic relationship with God. And I want to close with this thought. The most important aspect... Uh, following Jesus is learning how to live the Spirit-filled life. When you walk in the Spirit, you have power and you have peace. You bless others with the gifts that God gives you, and you are driven by the fruit of the Spirit. If you want to live your life on a greater level than you ever have before, make it your moment-by-moment objective to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't delay or even a day or even an hour, but be filled with God's Spirit. He's more willing to fill you with His Spirit than you are to be filled with His Spirit. Now, here's an assignment. I know you're saying, well, you guys are used to it, but they're not. Here's an assignment. Every day, I want you to, for one week, try it and see if it works. For one week, every day, just the first thing you do in the morning is say, Lord, I want you to know I love you, I am yours, and I want you to fill me with your spirit. And then every hour after there, once an hour, or every time you remember, just say, Lord, I'm, I'm yours. I want you to fill me, control me, empower me, and use me. And then how many just think, if you get to the end of the day, how many of you would say, by recognizing that the Holy Spirit is in my life and working in my life throughout the day, I probably was more successful and I did less wrong than I would have done if I would have ignored the Holy Spirit all day long. It's just a natural thing. And that's all there is to it, friends. And so at the end of the day, you thank God for getting through the day and just ask Him to continue to fill you throughout the night. It's an amazing way to live. I've learned to do this in my life. And you know, I, uh, it hasn't been a real wild deal, but it's been a really powerful thing in my life. Believe it or not, I know you look at me and think a guy that old wouldn't be tempted. And I look at him and I see this aura above his head. He's got to be a really holy guy. He doesn't deal with problems. Guess what? I'm as human as you are. Just today, pulling onto the freeway, there was this sweet little lady <laughs> who pulled out right in front of me. And you know, I said, Lord, give me love <laughs> and patience. It's just become a way of life in my life. And so I want to encourage you to just try this. And you, I guarantee you, that you are going to just have the greatest week that you have ever had. How many of you are willing to give it a shot? Just one week. Give it a shot. And if it works, try it the next week. I'll guarantee you it'll work. 